Oh, my Lord, won't you send your power down that our ears might hear what we need to hear, our minds learn what we need to learn, our hearts feel what we need to feel, and our souls be lifted up by your word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Your preacher stands before you this afternoon with an embarrassment of scriptural riches with which to work. There is such depth, so many layers in this sixth chapter of John's Gospel. I considered spending some time, for example, on the allusions to the Hebrew scriptures, some of which are obvious, some more subtle, or spending some time on the Eucharistic theology. And because there is such wonderful, relevant material before and after today's reading, I think I should briefly give you a sense of the larger narrative arc of this chapter. Now, in case you haven't figured it out already, this is all code for saying that I struggled to decide exactly what I wanted to talk about <laughs> in today's lesson. And I therefore determined to preach on the verses that I wish had been appointed for today as opposed to the verses that actually are. Just kidding. I will reference the appointed verses, but I do also feel the need to offer context. We begin with a crowd following Jesus to the other side of the Sea of Galilee after witnessing his healing powers. Jesus miraculously feeds the 5,000 who then want to make him their king. But Jesus withdraws. Evening comes. The disciples go back down to the sea to cross over to Capernaum. They get caught in rough weather. Jesus comes walking towards them on water and tells them not to be afraid. Morning comes. The confused crowd goes over to Capernaum looking for Jesus yet again. When they find him, they ask, Rabbi, when did you come here? But Jesus has an agenda in this conversation that really started with the feeding. So he basically ignores their question and cuts straight to the chase, telling the crowd that they were really just following him because he fed them. And he then begins to tell them about the true bread that comes down from heaven. And so we come to today's lesson. I am the bread of life. Followed by an encounter with some opponents in which Jesus explains the need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. It's a teaching so challenging that, quote, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him." End quote. I am the bread of life. It is, in a sense, the answer to a question that Jesus himself posed to Philip when he first saw that crowd coming. Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? John tells us that Jesus said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he was going to do. He knew that he would provide food for the people, and he knew that he wanted to broaden their horizons to consider not only their physical, 
but also their spiritual hunger. The world is still hungry today, brothers and sisters. And I think I can yet hear the voice of Jesus say, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He's testing us. He's asking us, how are we to feed all the hungry people in this world? How are we to clothe the naked, provide health care for all the sick, keep Social Security strong for the elderly, free some of these prisoners in our overcrowded and overly punitive criminal justice system, care for the refugee and the immigrant seeking a more secure life. But I think I hear Jesus asking more than this. I also hear him asking some spiritual questions. How are we to transform what James Baldwin called the death of the heart that leads to generation after generation of institutional and interpersonal racism? The deaths of the heart that lead to sexism, to homophobia, to xenophobia. The answer to every one of these questions is the same as it was by the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago when our Lord uttered those words, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But we, just like that crowd of yore, sometimes have trouble believing. As Jesus puts it, you have seen me and yet do not believe. And it's understandable, isn't it? After all, Jesus laid a lot on the crowd that day, and he's laying a lot on us as we hear the sacred story. He's healed the sick. He's fed 5,000 with meager fare. He's walked on waters. He's calmed fears. And more important than all of that, he has revealed that in him we will not lack for our spiritual and physical necessities. And in him there is indeed eternal life. That's a lot to digest. And many of us want to know the hows, the whys, the wherefores. Our difficulty in believing, I suspect, has less to do with a denial of Jesus and more to do with the recognition of our hunger. We look externally at the deprivation of so many in the world around us. We peer internally into our deepest yearnings and fears. We see how very hungry we are at every turn. And then we understandably wonder whether anyone or anything could possibly satisfy all of that need and satisfy it to the point that we can even have eternal life, that nothing might be lost. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we especially are called to believe in spite of ourselves. Each and every day we are being tested not to see if we'll say the right words, not to see if we'll accept some abstract proposition, but he wants to know, are we living right? Are we living our lives like we truly believe that the hungers of the human condition have met their match? That's what he wants to know. That's what he's inviting us to show him. 
Turn on the news any given night to see what's happening in South Sudan or in Syria, or on the streets of Chicago, or at a white supremacist rally in Washington, D.C. Listen to the conversations that are whispered on this very campus, the hurts, the insecurities, the vulnerabilities. I hope and I pray that somebody in every one of those situations knows and acts with the assurance that the bread of life has been given to us. Political science, economics, sociology, psychology, for which God be praised, they can all help us to figure out the how of addressing our intractable problems. But it's the community of believers that is particularly called to see that hope, as fragile as it can be, never dies. Somebody, for the life of the world, in Jesus' words, has to carry the banner proclaiming that our hungers can be satisfied, that our thirsts can be quenched, that even death will not have the last word. For me, Jesus, as we meet him in John's Gospel, calls the question, who are you going to be in this life? Are you going to carry the banner even when it gets hard? Or will you be like those folk who followed Jesus all around the Sea of Galilee until he speaks to you and says something that you find too mind-boggling to accept or takes you somewhere you don't want to go? Oh, I want to be like Peter when Jesus asked the Twelve if they also wish to go away. Peter says, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is, in the final analysis, the answer to the test. To live as though we believe and know that Jesus is the bread of life, the one to whom we should go and who will never drive us away. It's an answer worth memorizing, not only in our minds, but in every fiber of our being. That's what this table is all about. We go to him, we partake of him. He fortifies us to be his body in a world that needs to see his banner unfurled every single day. So when we look around, and experience the staggering hunger of the human family, do not despair. Do not be afraid. Do not, as they say, let the devil steal your joy. Instead, may we affirm with the hymnist, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising our Savior all the day long. This is our story. This is our song, praising our Savior all the day long. Remember this our sacred story. The plot line is really pretty simple, and it goes something like this. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, our risen Lord, is always already on the scene. 
and he is preparing a glorious feast for the life of the whole world. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs>